0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Once again, to get into another dynamic program, free on the inside. And that big free is being making the choices and making sure it's your choices count. We're in for a great time this morning. I have my guest on the line here. He's no stranger to the program. But, yes, he got information that we could use, information that is very timely. Michael is I guess, this morning, we're going to talk about voters' right and your right to vote and that your right for your vote to count. And so we want you to pay close attention. He's going to give you some information, not something that he just think about, not something he just heard, but he's actually on the front line. He's actually been involved in voters' rights and in, involved in, in some of the loudest government and, and uh, how he's attempting to make a difference, not by himself, but with another, with more people. And we want you to make, have a made-up mind, a, a, made a, a committee to be involved in people's right to vote. And also help change the, uh, change the world and help change the landscape of community. The next voice that you would hear would be our guest this morning, would be Michael Sneed. And also, you can call into this program. The calling number is 310-982-4126. Again, that calling number is 310-982-4126. Your voice to this dynamic informative show free on the inside this morning we're talking about voters rights and our guest is on the line this morning good morning michael you on the net
2: good morning good morning brother lewis thank you for having me today i want to say hello to all the listeners today and thank you all for being here
1: well god bless you now. thank you thank you. Mike, i'm excited about what our uh, format our program today man because it's something that we see but we maybe we're not paying attention maybe you could enlighten us on something It also spark a fire
2: into the hearts of men women young and old So this thing is serious we're talking it's about very serious it's very serious and as you just said you said the main key thing we're not paying attention we got brothers walking around sisters walking around families is not even paying attention to what's happening what legislated and congress is trying to do to us african-american and our minority latinos and stuff uh i mean we we're really being effective right now in a way that nobody knows i mean if you just sit and think about well why is everybody fighting so much about going this way going that way the democrat is fighting to try to save you and the republic is fighting to try to strip you from everything as far as voters right and everything else that they can get uh as i said a minute ago my name is michael sneed i'm a member of texas organizing project i'm a board member and a texas statewide board member and i spent uh the last week, uh, a little more, in Austin. I've been there three times, and I've been working with Beto Aurora and we've become very good friends. He emails me daily almost. And uh, it's very important that we get on focus, I get on focus to what's going on around us and in our lives because voting depression is serious right now, and they're trying to strip us, as I said. And the thing is, we need to get out and get on the file no matter what. If we can spend an hour a day or something a day researching, calling a friend, hey, don't forget to register, vote. I mean, just call somebody, just random call somebody. Because we've got to get the black and Latino voters out because Republicans is trying every way they can to rig up the, the elections. And so some people say, well, Michael, why do you fight so hard? I fight hard because... I'm an ex felony I'm not an ex felon. I am a felony. And and they don't even, they they feature me in a in the Boston uh Boston newspaper and a a lot of newspapers and stuff and they just called me about an interview yesterday. So the thing is is that I fight so hard because voter depression is gonna affect me and it's gonna affect you. I fight for the people. I fight for the homeless. I fight for the juveniles. I fight for the prisoners. I went in and I had things. I went in because my word, my mouth, my vote made a difference. I went in in front of the county judge and I had them in telephone calls. And Dallas County jail was $2.75 a minute. Now, why would you charge a man in jail $2.75 a minute knowing that no black family can afford $2.75 a minute to be able to talk to their loved ones, their father, their son, their sisters, or their brother? I'll be able to contact an attorney because an attorney will not accept the call for $2.75 a minute.
0: <clears throat> and
2: as you know, being in jail, you're going to be calling an attorney all the time because you want to know what's going on, and so you're trying to fight your case. But I went in front of Judge Jenkins, and I cried out to him. And now the the bill in Dallas County Jail is one cent a minute, from two seventy five to one cent a minute because I let my voice be heard, and my voice is no greater than your voice. When you know something is not right and you know something that needs to be changed, whether it's in your community, whether it's happening in the jailhouse or whatever, you need to let your voice be heard. Don't be afraid to let your voice be heard. Don't say, hey, I'm an ex-con. They don't care what I say. Hey, I'm this. I'm that. They won't listen to me because they will listen to you. You're a taxpayer. Your words mean something. And I fight every day. I fight every day for voters to press And I can't even vote. A lot of people don't even know. Better or worse, other people in Congress and legislators that I meet every day—they don't even know I can vote. Can't vote. They think I'm fighting because I want to vote for this and I want to vote for that. No, but if I can get you to vote, then your vote affects me. You voting for me because I can't. The state has stripped me of my rights to vote only because I'm a felon, and that's not right. But I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to try to get you to vote to vote on my behalf. You voting for me. Always remember that when you vote, you're not just voting for you. You're voting for millions and thousands of people that can't even vote. Ex-felons, guys that are in jail, guys that are in prison, guys that are just on the street. They can't even vote. But they depend on you to make the right decision, that the right decision for their lives. So if you stand back and let voters to prison and let uh, Republicans strip us from everything, you are, you're stripping everybody they trying to take money from prison system just to build a wall. Prison system need money. They have problems. They have an epidemic there. They have sickness. They need money for guys to be released. They give a guy, what, less than $200 to be released, but they want to build a wall. So we need to fight for stuff like that. We need to quit being selfish. That's the problem. We as African Americans are very, very selfish, and we need to come out of that and, and come as a whole and start making things happen for our community and for our race. This is not a racist thing. I don't fight for racism because I'm not racist. I fight for equal rights, for justice for all. I walk around with a sign a lot of times that say, Black Votes Count, and, and, and black, black Votes Matter. And that, and that black sign with white writing, that's not racist. That's just to let my brothers and sisters know that I vote count, and I vote do count. I vote do count. And the, the white... Not being racist, but the white, meaning the Republicans that against us, is doing everything they can to keep us not focused on the voting rights. They're bringing guns to images. We're having killings every day, shootings every day, because that's what the Republicans want. They don't have to have the police to kill us. We're going to kill each other. And so we need to wake up and realize why are they making these laws so easy? We can walk around with a gun. So now when the police pull you over, he can just shoot you. You had a gun, so hey, that's all he needed. Before, we could say, well, hey, he didn't even have a gun, and you just shot him. You just cold-blooded shot him. But now today, the law is that you can have a gun. And so if you got a gun with a felony, you're just a dead man. Your family can't find anything because the law says that you cannot carry a weapon being a felon. So that's the big thing that they're using against us. And so we need to think and really iron this whole thing out and see what's going on in our lives, what's going on around us, and try to make a difference. I made a pledge myself to the Democrats in Washington. I don't have anything. I'm living on a fixed income. But I made it my pledge. I sent $50 to help them, help support them for their needs right now, time like this. They walked out. Every one of them has put their job on the line for you, for me, and for us all. And we're not even realizing what they have actually done. We're laughing and saying, hey, they walked out in Austin. They walked out in Austin. But it's not a funny thing. It's not a game thing. This is a thing for democracy. And we need to think about it. these guys put their lives on the job, big paying jobs. I mean, jobs that we wish we could have, places we wish we could be. And they put it on the line for you and for me. And we just acting like it's nothing. We really need to wake up and see what's going on and get behind our leaders. Get behind the leaders that's for us, not behind the leaders that's against us. We need our churches to get involved. I was so happy uh, this week when the churches got involved. I wanted to go back to Austin, but I had just left uh, Tuesday, and I just didn't feel like going back Wednesday. But I was so happy when uh, the, all the churches, many churches, uh, Pilgrim Rest, uh, Friendship West, went to Austin and surrounded the Capitol. It's about time that our ministers start preaching what's going on. Yes, it's all about the Word of God. We, we can't do anything without Jesus Christ. But we need our preachers to start preaching about what's happening to us. You know, don't let us get into, the, into a situation that, that we have to stay on our knees 24 hours, that we have to really beg and plead and, and feel like we ain't getting answered by God. Because God is always answered. God is a good God. But we need to fight back ourselves. God will make a way. But God don't want you to just stand there and not fight for well, your rights. We come a long way. And sometimes I sit up and I think about, man, slavery. Oh, man, they must have had it hard. But then when I add up the years, I'm 64 years old. But when I add up these 64 years and I think about, well, hey, if I was 64 years before my life began, I would have been in slavery. So this is speaking to young people. So think about the times you're in and what it's gonna be like sixty four years from now and not even sixty four years from now. The next five or ten years. And so we need to get involved in our communities. We need to speak up to our preachers. Our preachers work for us just like our politicians. They work for us. We pay tithes. The preacher worked for us. We put him in, we can take him out if he's not doing God's work. And this is God's work. Voters right, voters depression. Talking to the people. Don't be ashamed to tell people, hey, what you represent and the people that you think is best for office. If you got a Republican sitting in your office, in your, in your pool, in your, I'm sorry, in your service, you still have to tell the truth. You have to be right. Don't bite your tongue because Brother John is an attorney and he's a Republican and you got six, you got 100, 300, 200 Democrats in there that love the Lord and need, need, need something in their life to be straightened out, but you don't want run brother john off because he's an attorney we need lawyers we need we need preachers to stand up we need preachers to load buses and get to awesome. we need preachers to start calling their members and telling them about voters depression we need ministers to get buses and vans and cars and trucks and whatever it takes to get our people to the poll you take our money at tide time but get us to the poll get old older folks that can't get to the poll Let's get to the polls. Let's get to the polls and vote. We need preachers to work with this situation because without preachers, it's hard. I mean, like I say, we have a church on every corner, and if we can get them churches on every corner to get people into the polls, we can't lose. We can't lose. And I just say, Brother Lewis, I just, I, just, I feel so – I get so emotional about this situation because I'm looking deeper than just the, just the news. You know, I'm looking much deeper than just the news. You know, we have to make up our mind. We have to look and we have to read between the lines. The news will play a monopoly with us if we let it. So we have to look at what's going on around us. We have to look at our situation. You know, there's so many things that's going on. that ain't right. You know, I, I sit up and I think, well, hey, they want to send me a $1,000 check. They want to send me $1,200 check. The government is being good. The Republicans don't mind. they voting for this $1,000 check, the relief and this and that. But why do they so happy to give me a $1,000, Mr. Lewis, and they're not willing to give me $15 an hour on a job to work and earn my own money. That's not something that's wrong with that picture. Something is wrong with the picture. They're willing to give me $1,200, $1,300, $1,000, but they're not willing for me to work and be able to make $15 an hour. They want me to make 735 725 and And for that reason, it's because the Republicans, which the politicians, which is – a lot of whites, I hate to say this stuff because I don't want to feel racist, but they want us to look down at them always. $1,200 won't make us look down at them. That's just a one-time or two-time or three-time thing. But when they can keep us at $7.35 an hour minimum wage, we have to always look down on them. We can't go to the bank and make a bar because the long, bank don't want to loan us anything. We don't make enough money to pay it back, $7.35 an hour. We can't go to jail and get our son out of jail that was wrongly convicted. And he's in jail because we can't pay a bond. We only make $7.35 an hour, and we can barely feed the other four or three kids we got. So that's the situation they're trying to keep us in. Actually, we're in slavery right now, but we just don't realize it. And we're accepting this kind of slavery. We are accepting a $7.35 an hour slavery. Hey Mike, you know, so
1: Mike, I think- uh, uh, uh Lee. Man, you said some things, and let me stop here for a moment here because I want to recap on some of the things that you just said. You know, and, and you know, and, uh, and like I said, we're not paying attention to our uh, to the our uh, the voting climate at this same time. You know, a lot of time we hear the mid year, we think that we got time, but I heard you stated so clearly that we don't have time. We need to work on this thing right now. Yeah. You know, the weather mm-hmm. term is coming up, but we know there's a lot of things happening between. Now and then, you know, so we need to kind of put put the pieces. Right? And you know, you hear about some things that kind of blows your mind about some of the restrictions that have been set forth on our voters' right, and, and some things that associated with the young and the old. And I'm glad that you are, uh you pinpointed some of those things. And and the last thing that you talked about that really resonate with me is this money that we get. And it's good to have money. It's good to be able to have an extra source of income. But if you talk about long term, short term. You know that short term is right. you yeah, I got the money, it's in the bank, I'm going to my favorite store and I'm going to spin, spin, spin. <laughs> but the long term is say, hey, I got a future. I can start making plans. I got a, a, a my job and, and so I got more money. If I can manage to lose money I had at like that seven dollars an hour, if I'm making twelve, fifteen or even twenty dollars hour, imagine how much more I could do if I managed my money right, and with this extra source of income, I could provide for me and my family. You know, you said some things about some money. You know, you know, know I remember you know, listening some time ago called "The Best of Times and the Worst of Times." You know, during the midst this pandemic, we have more money. I'm talking about society, blacks, white. We have more money available to us than we ever had at one at, 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 at any given time. Income tax. Man, you got people that get money for the next six months. You got people that's been getting money just for filing income tax for being unemployed, getting more money you ever than had. But what about the extra money? Are you making provisions for when all this comes to an end and we don't have any extra money no more? Are you making that your legislators and your city officials are speaking uh, uh, on your behalf and not just taking their money also? and said, forget it, uh, you know, they got their money, so now we get mad. And that's what we have to be very mindful about with voting. And you talk talking about how one party seemed to be uh, uh, looking at people and the other party is not. We have to be very mindful that our vote counts. Sometimes, like, you know, we heard in the past that why should I vote? It don't make a difference. i tell
2: you, it makes a difference. And I
1: think you can say that also. Yes, I do, because, like I say, uh
2: You know, I'm I'm gonna speak. I'm I'm born and raised a Democrat because that's what my family has raised me to be, and that's what I see to be uh, what satisfies me. Now, as far as the uh, uh, official, if if a Republican come in and he's gonna do the right thing for blacks and for all, I can vote for a Republican. I'm for the man that's gonna do the righteous. You know, yeah. Right. if he come in, yes. you know, that's what it's about. It's not just about Democratic and republic. It's about the man for the people, the person for the people. It's about the people. You know, we elect these guys in the office, and we never – we'll go out and vote. This is another thing we'll do, Mr. Lewis. We might even go out and vote, and that's it. We expect that politician to do everything. We never even call him and tell him about situations or problems or something that's going on in our neighborhood. We never even mention this stuff. We voted him in. But that's it. Why did you vote him in? Why did you vote someone in that you won't even talk to? It don't make sense. You know, you vote someone in that you won't talk to. You won't make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do. So why are you voting for something that you're not even backing up? Did you understand what I'm saying? So that's that's a tough situation. You know, I'll go out and run the game. I'm going to vote for Brother Lewis. I'm going to vote for Brother Lewis. He's on the show. Then i vote for Brother Lewis. And I don't hear from Brother Lewis, but so Brother Lewis don't hear from me no more until election time or something. And that's not and right. We and I follow him.
1: We got to quit doing that. We need to follow up on the, uh, our elected officials they work for us. We put them in that position, but they actually work for us. And so we ought to have a big ear for various times and got to be concerned about our needs. I, you know, uh, and Michael, I was just thinking about your coalition that you remember. Every, and y'all are actually going out and petitioning our, the powers to be to make a difference. What are some of the things that y'all are working on right now, some of the hot topics that we need to be aware of? And that we, to, we get the benefits of what you you're and, 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 and
2: your team is doing. Yeah. Uh, what the deal is that, uh, yeah, the, the hot topic is, is voting is the hot, hottest topic right now. I mean, Voting is the hottest topic because if we don't get out and vote and we we don't fight for our rights, nothing else is going to make a difference. Just like Beto O'Roy told me, as I know for sure, he's going to run for governor. So we're going to have a great governor. But as he told me personally, he said, Michael, if, if they don't get out and vote and if they don't stand up, it won't do me no good to run for governor. Because what can he do if you let all the Republicans take all the seats and everything he say is nothing? You see what I'm saying? What good will he do him to campaign and run and make money to go for governor when nobody, when nobody else is the Republican is taking over all the seats because we ain't voting. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, is, so we got good people up right now. We got really good people going up for office. We got Betty Roy that's going to run for governor that hasn't announced it yet, that's it's going to go up for office. We got uh, Lee Lee uh, Lee. Uh, Lee Maverick is running for for taking um uh, what's that boy name? Um Dan Patrick, you know Lee Maverick, right? He, 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 yeah. You know, I am gonna
1: have to do some research on him. I'm afraid the name yeah,
2: he's, is, he's I a a not the name. He's a civil rights district attorney that's fight that fights most of these police killing cases. You've seen him on news and stuff, Lee Maverick. Okay. But he, he's found the need to go up for uh, for office because because of the unjust and 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 politicians, you see what I'm saying? So he made his announcement at the state capitol this week that he's gonna run for uh, lieutenant governor. So we got some things, got some things going, but we just got to get behind them. You see what I'm saying? We got to yeah. get behind them. Um, we got to figure out how we can get the people out to vote. We have to spread the word daily. We can't wait for election day to say, hey, who are you voting for? Who you think ought to vote for? Who's the good best man? Research on that best man right now. You know what I mean? Find out who the best man is for you. Find out who's yeah. going to work for the people. And that's what is important about, about it.
1: You. And you know, Mike, we are doing ourselves a this a lot of times during election season. People always have these undecided voters. I don't know how you can be undecided based on all the information that's available.
0: That's just a plot.
1: <laughs> well, we got all these people. Man, don't you realize what's going on? You can't decide your left hand from your right hand. Hey, come on now. Don't trick me into thinking that we got people out there that are still in the middle. you either one way or you're against me. You, can we come together on something? Can we just uh, agree on some things? You know, I always have to have it my way, and you don't have to have it your way, but we can't agree. We can agree on election yes, We can agree right. on how to vote. We can agree on drive-through voting. <laughs> you know, based on what's going on for your citizens, people with health challenges, you know, we need to do that. People that are standing in line. You talk about we can't get them food and water. They're standing in line. I can't give out no cookies or no refreshments. Are you standing in line to vote? Come on, now. Why is
0: that? You know, what makes went, people. People are
2: already standing in line. I went to the, the, the bank yesterday. I went to the bank yesterday, and uh, they put cold water on the table so that the, the customers that's waiting in line would be able to have water. And it just hit my mind right away. And I had to say something to them. I said, y'all be careful, because Governor Abbott don't even want to pass out water in a hot voting <laughs> line. So he really <laughs> might get mad about the bank passing out water in a cool place like this. And it's a shame that that you can't have water. And there's it's some people that have to have water because of conditions, such as yeah. my own condition, COPD and for SEMA. If, if I need water when I need water. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and they say no drive-through voting. We got a man with no legs. Though no this, and he he can't go through a drive-through vote. So yeah. why can't he go
0: hey. through that?
2: What's wrong with a drive-through vote? What's wrong with people voting the way that they can vote, as long as it's honest and truthful and right? You see what I'm yes, saying? Sir, right. So why would you try? Why would you try to cut these uh, easy access out for voting? You know, so hey, I, hey. I don't. And one thing we also
1: need to have this, you know, something that you probably brought up is this recount, recount, recount. Hey, you ought to get only a certain amount of recounts, and that's it. You don't need to go and recount this stuff over and over. Because guess what? You're never going to get a conclusion that you won't. And you count this thing again and again and again. No, but we're not doing that, though. We need to set limits on these things, here. Because then it starts making me thinking, and they, that's what they're trying to do, is let people realize that voting. It's something sketchy about the voting system? And Mike, we know that sometimes our candidate don't win. We know that some races are very hot contested and very, and they real close. But I still want to know that hey, my my uh, uh, candidate didn't win. But next time we're gonna put some things in place, not cheating, but just make the make what he has so appealing that he don't have to win based on the uh, the work that he done put in. Something the other side Man. don't see that. Well, you you,
2: you know, know what I mean? You know what I learned? Uh, What I learned and not to be uh, envious, not to be one-sided. And so if my candidate don't win, I'm fighting hard for my candidate. I want my candidate in it. But if my candidate don't win, so I have to be a man and stand up and realize that the candidate that did win, I have to stand behind him. I have to fight with him. I have to let him know what he's doing right and what he's doing wrong. I have to let him know what needs to be done in my community, what he was elected to do. Whether I voted for him or not, I still have to lean on him to do what I need done in my community because that's his job. Don't just say, well, my man didn't win, so I, he he's not going to do nothing for me. You still have to go in and tell this man that you didn't vote for what you need done. You have to call him up. He still worked for you. You're a taxpayer. So what? he worked for you. You don't work for him. So you still have to lean on him and, and, and force him to do things you need in the neighborhood. Another thing us as black people have a big problem. We got brother Lewis, a very big problem. We got, I can come knock on your door and just say a couple of words, a couple of good words to you and ask you if I can stick a sign in your yard. And you say, yeah, go ahead. You can put two if you want to. You'll let anybody stick a voting sign in your yard with any name on it, not knowing who they are, just because they came by one time. You never seen them and give you a smile and ask you if they can put a voting sign. We need to know who's putting them signs in our yard. We don't need Jim Crow putting his sign up in our yard. We need to know
0: who's putting his <laughs> sign up in our yard.
2: You know, don't – because if we let Jim Crow come down the street and, and sweet talk everybody and put a sign in the yard, everybody going to say, hey, that guy there is a the man because he. everybody got his sign in the yard. Everybody don't even know Jim Crow, but they got his sign because he asked them, so that's misleading other people to think that Jim Crow is the man to vote for. And so we need to quit letting people just come to our house, knock on our door, ask us if they can put a sign in our yard or stick signs on our telephone post on our street neighborhood when we don't know nothing about them. We need to research who they are and find out who they are before we let them stick a sign in their yard. What have you done for the elderly? What have you done for the kids in our community? What have you done for the schools? We need to find out who's putting these signs in our yard. Who are you? Who are you? You see what I'm saying? We need to stop letting people just come up and just push us around like that. You see, so um, that's a problem we got. Like I said, you go around and you see signs of people you never even heard of. Where was everybody at it in the epidemic when people needed Power was out. Water was out. Where was all these politicians? Did anybody knock on your door, Mr. Lewis? Did ask you? Did you have any visitors from the from the uh, uh, politicians ask you if you needed water or y'all need anything? You didn't have you know,
1: none of that. You know, why? Right? That's something to think about because you know uh, our politicians should see me. We shouldn't catch our politicians trying to hop on an airplane and go to a warmer climate in the middle of a snowstorm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We should not have our politicians. If it gets too hot, he try to get to the Bahamas or somewhere. You know, they need to be there in the trenches with us and even you know, uh, making plans so things can, uh, don't happen to this extent. the next time, because so are we gonna be a next time.
2: What that's enough to X him out. You leave us, you abandoned us in a time of need just to go to the Bahamas or somewhere. And so that's, that's, that's enough to X him out right there. How could he be a good politician when he leaves this country at a time like that? Yeah. he won't suffer with it. You know, so that's, that's a, that show you what kind of politician that, that, uh, uh, that he is, that Ted Cruz is to just leave like that, you know, and,
1: and then come with That also show that they don't, they don't think that we're informed. And hey, we could just, they could do anything. Else. They say pull the wool over your eyes, and it's okay. They don't think that we're that, informed or we'll know what's going on. They—they they, only gonna pay attention the election season. You know, that's all the only time we're do stuff. You know, I will. Uh, our governor here, he's doing a lot of things, but get close to election, he and stuff and says, See, I wasn't that bad." No, brother, you been bad. You just trying to show that you, let uh, you try to be a little softer now, but the cat is out of the bag. You can't fool me. You know. Yeah, that's we exactly what they do. do. But they want to be the president again. Why? With all the chaos that went on, and you want to do. Even, you know, what, the, what we like to say is Christians, the devil is a lie, you know. And no way, yeah.
0: you know, and, and
1: you, because you, got back, back. you got me twice, but you go get me again, you know. And that's something that we have to be very mindful of, you know, uh, and because a lot of times we start hollering, these people are no good, but yet, guess what? And we didn't fire them, so, yeah, they're going to do what they want.
2: That's right. That's right. You go to men and they think that they're running it and they know you ain't paying no attention. Ain't nobody yeah. paying no attention to what they doing. See what I'm saying? Ain't nobody paying no attention to what their congressman doing. Ain't nobody paying attention to what their city council is doing. And see what I'm saying? And so they, they screwing the people all the way. It's, it's millions of dollars right now in Dallas County uh, with the Housing Association to rebuild houses, to refix houses from the storm and stuff. And nobody's calling in and, and asking for this money. I saw it in the news this week. Nobody's asking for this money. They got all this money, but nobody, millions of dollars that nobody's even asking for. And they're give—they talk, they, they talking about giving it to different other sources, such as the police department, this and that. So why ain't our city council and why ain't our ministers and stuff letting us know what we got in the bank, what we can get? You see what I'm saying? So we need, like I said, we need our preachers and our, our city council and stuff to get more involved in what's going on. Because the people don't cut Republicans don't care. The, you know, I fought defund the police. But defund the police do not mean we don't need police. All we right, yeah, come on, We need police at the right spot at the right time. We don't need somebody to call the police because Johnny got shot and he show up an hour later when the victim has got away. We don't need them kind of police. We need the police to be here seconds after we don't need a police to say this is what they said in the news the day after the fourth of July. Listen to this, Brother Lewis. They said they had eight thousand telephone calls. Do you hear what I said? Woo! Eight thousand. Tele- but listen to this. They said they had eight thousand telephone calls, and they wrote fourteen citations. Fourteen citations out of eight thousand people. Man, you could got fourteen people just on my street. You wrote fourteen citations out of eight thousand people. Let that would have been them smoking marijuana and see how many of the 8,000 would have got rolled up. You see what I'm saying? Let that would have been them toting the gun and let's see how many of the 8,000 would have got rolled up. So uh, that's what I mean when I say defund the police. If they can't do the job, if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, you got 8,000 citizens, taxpayers, call in about a problem they was having on the 4th of July and you couldn't even assess them you write 14 citations out of 8,000. How does that I'm number glad, sound, Mr. Lewis? I'm glad you
1: brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times we listen to certain media streams of information and they twist the facts. I'm talking about, you know, defund the police, meaning to abolish the police department. And anybody with any common sense know better than that. And the people that's telling you that, they know better than that too. But some of the things that, just like anything, you have to revive and re- and reshape things from time to time to meet the needs of the people. Some things have been in place ever since the 1800s. You know, they need to kind of get rid of those. So, some people have been there because they, you know, uh, their parents was there, their grandparents were there, and that's the way they've been taught and structured is, is is archaic. And some things need to be changed. We, yeah, we, and we, so you've been to places where they did police training. I think you told me before when you went to some of the, the gun ranges and you, know, you went to some of those uh, active shooters classes and things of that nature, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and you know. so you know things need need to be uh, changed from what they did in the uh, what that in the early seventies throughout the eighties and now we're in the year two thousand. So things need to be changed. So that's what we're talking about defunding the police. Structure that money, that training in a different direction.
2: And, and you said, and you said the right thing, and I'm glad you brought that up also because people twist that up really badly. They've made defund the police sound like a very, very bad thing, and, and and they don't realize exactly what that means. That doesn't mean get away, do away with the police. We don't need police defund them, fire them up. No, it means transfer money from one department to another, transfer yeah. money to a department that's that's working. Take money from people. Take money from officers that's sitting around in deep elm, just sitting in their car, or sitting in the club. That's what I call defunding the police. Take right. money from three officers sitting in a parking lot in a shopping center doing nothing, and somebody's making a call and they're not making the move. That's what I call defunding the police. Defunding the police is when you got five police motorcycle cops in the black neighborhood. Uh waiting for a black to make any kind of mistake or accusing him of making a mistake, speeding or not having on a seatbelt. Why don't we have the same motorcycle cops in Holland Park? Why don't we have that? I've never seen a motorcycle patrol in Holland Park. Have you? I've never seen a motorcycle patrol in the white neighborhood. Why not? They speed. They don't watch seatbelts. They do the same thing we do. So why are they out here harassing us, taking money from the people that don't have money? Go out there and take money from the people that do have money. That's what they need to do. They want to put a black man in the hole, a black man that's making seven thirty-five an hour, and you want to give him a ticket, and you want him to miss two or three days to go to court, and then you want to charge him three hundred and something dollars or something. How does that work? How does that work? You
1: know. And that's, that's, and, and now, that's, now, Mike, uh, uh, I want to talk to something that's dear to my heart, and I know that you have some intake on this too. Is our prison reform? Because, uh, you know, right now, I'm able to go into the selected jails that I was going to a year and a half ago. But the need is still there. The men and women's lives have been affected by outside negative or positive. You know, because, listen, our am was supposed to be incarcerated. It's something the same thing that we're suffering out here.
0: You know, lack like of
1: resources, lack like of uh, adequate housing. Like of uh, education you will see that's a stranger to in jail right so you right. Your You're in jail 10 years or so and then your housing is limited when you get out and you know your housing is still living because hey i've been incarcerated so i can't move anywhere and relatives can't put you know can't afford me to stay with them long term so they'll they'll fix it <laughs> Based on what you have been doing and your experience. that yep. you have done some things of uh, uh last year what was the uh early release uh, again, uh, Talk about that for a minute, then we're gonna shift into that uh, education and housing and resource available mm-hmm. for our offenders. Repeat that brother. Repeat That's, that uh, bro. okay. okay. Uh we're talking about our ex offenders.
2: And the resources of well, that's a big problem also uh, because the thing is this uh, prison system it makes them think that they can't make it. You know, it automatically says you "You can't drive a truck, you can't do this, you can't do that. So guys come out with with the failure in them because they can't. They tell them what they can't do, and when they tell you what you can't do, you say, "Well, hey, I'm not going to work at McDonald's all my life. I'm not going to do this all my life. I'm not." And the thing is, is all this is just a lie. An ex-offender can accomplish the greatest jobs of ever. I accomplished. I, I did more than 35 years incarcerated and came out and became the supervisor of a construction company. And I'm not just talking. I have newspaper clippings to prove what I'm saying. The, the sky is the limit for ex-cons as well. But we need to let them know we need that we need the word to get out in prison before they get out so that they know that they do have a chance so that they won't make that that mistake at the bus station before they even get home. We need the word to be out. We need the prison system to start preaching this to the men that you do have a way. Because there's people out here that are looking for nothing but ex-offenders to help. There's people that won't hire nothing but ex-offenders. But our society make them think that they can't get hired, that they're no good. They're the bottom of the barrel. They're nothing no more. I'm an ex-offender. I fight for equal rights. I fight for everything, and nothing's going to stop me to the day I die. I'm going to fight because I pay taxes, and I have the right. I was I was under the warden in prison. I don't know if you know who the warden is, but I tell you what, I'm the warden out here. I'm the warden out here on the streets, so it's going to go my way. So that's the way I see it. But like I said, they have a lot of opportunities, and we, we need to kind of maybe come up with some programs to help ex-offenders uh, re-entry. You know, they got all kinds of programs that ain't working because they're not trying to make them work. They pocketing the money that sent to the program. We need real programs that can catch our brothers at the Greyhound bus station with a smile and a handshake and a cheeseburger at McDonald's right down the street and let them know what life's about out here and what they can do and jobs that we know that's open, that's hiring right now. Right now, not tomorrow, not next week, not let's go get on a computer and look it up, but let's go to work right now. You see what I'm saying? We got big mega churches such as the Potter's House, TDJ. You know, he said he has a prison ministry, but his prison ministry is based on computer. You know, he, he have you to come out to the church, I get on the line and get on the computer. Well, that's not what it's about. I don't want to get out of prison after 35 years and go get on the computer. I need some help, T.D. Jakes. I need some T-shirts. I need some pants, T.D. I need a little token to get around on the bus, T.D. I need a job right now, T.D. T.D. Jakes, I can't get on the computer for three months, 90 days to try to find a job. I need work right now. I've been gone 35 years, T.D. Jakes. How am I going to take care of myself for 90 days looking for a job or getting trained? I need something I can do right now, T.D. Jakes. Give me something, anything, just to be able to make a living, T.D. Jakes. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I need. And so you can't bring a brother out here and expect his pocket to be empty and tell him about some training, about some computer, I can't do it. I can't look up to you. I can't come to my mom and say, will you buy me a cheeseburger? I'm, I need it. I want to buy a cheeseburger. Can you buy me a Coke? How can a man go to his family and ask for little simple things like that that he ought to be able to have money to be able to purchase for himself? So, it, you know, it's, it's it's really tough coming out of prison. It's really tough because you have the odds against you. As I say, they tell you so many things you can't do. We got the dope dealers waiting at the corner to sell you dope and to put you to work. So we have a lot of things against the ex-offenders. We need to let them know where you come from and where you don't want to go back and what you can do to better your life. The programs we got that can help the ministers that we got that's willing to stand by your side. We need to be able to do this. And until we do this, it's going to be a revolving door, just as it is right now. And as long as we make it a revolving door, that man that you let out has a little boy it's gonna train right up under his daddy and be the same person that his daddy was, you know. So, uh we have to make a change. We have to get together as a whole, we have to quit being selfish and quit worry about what I got and what you got and stuff like that. And let's all get something because there's something in it for all of us. Even if you got nothing, you got something, you got life. So that's the way I see it, Mr. Lewis.
1: And you know, Mike, that is so true. That, and I was just thinking about that child. And you know, as I was doing juvenile ministry some time ago, and uh, I, I really hate that I can't do those right now because of what what's going on with the pandemic and things. And you know, and, you know, and our goal was to uh, help change the lives. We know we can't do anything apart from our heavenly Father. But maybe by what we went through, maybe by the guidance that we can share with someone, it can help them navigate this rough terrain. It can help them. Get their barren and they compass set, uh, in the right direction. I think so much of a GPS system. We all are familiar with that. But sometimes we Thank need goodness. that assistance to help us to get to where we're going. We may know that route, but they're always a better route. they always a more noble route. They're always a just route to get us to where we need to go. And that's where mentors come in at. That's where support system and networks come in. That young man that uh, wants us, uh, 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 have a, a successful career that's coming out of jail, he needs to get he can, he needs to say, hey, this is where you can go to get some resources. This is where you can go to get some counseling. This is where you can go to get a job, you know. But you out there, you willy really, really you're get there, but hey, guess what? You jeopardize your freedom. You jeopardize your livelihood because you might make the wrong choices because, hey, I need to have... I can't stay there no more. And I so I need to go over... John's house, and John is making some quick money. He's not working, and I was like, He need me to do it just to hang around. John, to do all the work, I just need to stand there. And so, you know, you caught up in something that you tried your best to avoid. Right, right. That's exactly
2: and,
1: and right. I always, I always tell us, and, and Mike, and this is, this is all they tell us do not go back to your old community, do not associate with the people that you used to hang out with, which is good, which is bad, because you know, are the only people you knew. I always knew about and, them. When I grew up man, how can you tell me to where oh, I don't know anybody? I don't know nothing. You're condemning me to how we live. because I'm going to say, forget it. I'm going to, I'm going to be here because I don't know nothing else. When i trying to say, hey, go over here where you can start a new life and start with bread." If you tell me don't go to certain places, you need to tell me where I can go to be accepted and approved. Don't just sit me out there and say, don't go to North Dallas. I will
0: know. Just don't go to
1: North Dallas. What do you mean? Well, so tell me why I can go in and have somebody on the, other, on the other end to meet me and say, "Brother, we understand what's going on, but we got something better for you. Why don't you try this here for a while and see how it works
2: for you?" That's that's exactly right, and that's why I think the churches should be standing in to be able to uh, pull these guys in and let them know something better. Because, like you said, the key day, if I don't have something waiting for them, somebody do have something waiting for them. Yeah, you know, so. That's the bottom line. Don't go to the same neighborhood. But what what do I have to do if you ain't got nothing for me? You know, if I don't have, if you don't have nothing for me, then I have to go back to where I come from to try to get something. And so that that's the main key. You know, you got to have something. Like I say, is catch these guys at the bus station and have something for them. I I haven't met a man yet. I haven't never in my life yet met a man say, well I see y'all made parole. I'll be back in six months. Nobody nobody makes parole and look to go back. Everybody say, I'm not never coming back here again. That's what the first thing everybody says. Man, you ain't going to never see me in no more. I ain't never coming back this place. But, but when they get out in the situation of the world, pushes them back in just because of what you just mentioned. They don't have no place to go. They don't have no, nothing to help them. They don't have any kind of leave. They, all they know is to go back to the neighborhood and stand at that corner and see if somebody can tell him how he can make it. Uh, like you said while ago, you can get a job just standing at a house, just watching a house. You see what I'm saying? We know what kind of housing, but you can get a job just watch the house. And so what kind of job is that? You know, that's back to the prison, that's killed, or whatever. You know, so um, we, we need to have some sources waiting for these guys. That's automatic. Waiting for them here at the walls, have somebody. I mean, here at Dallas at the Greyhound bus station, have somebody at the walls because, you know, families ain't really doing it. You know, it always takes outsiders because families are so happy to see someone come home that they forget to let them know about which way to go. You see what I'm saying? He's been locked up for two years, so all they want to know is let's get him some catfish, let's drink a beer, let's this, let's that. And they haven't even snapped to, hey, let's get a job. I've talked to these people about you going to work, this and that, so –
1: uh it's a big problem it is a big problem That is, that is. and I'm glad you uh you know that you brought that up and that you know firsthand what the problem is, is that we need more resources and more uh organization and program churches civic centers and things of that nature to kind of be involved in our brothers and sisters because it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we be and Mike a lot of times people they, they kind of inherit those type of problems. Grew up in a background where granddaddy did it, daddy did it, mama did it. So now they expect me to do it. And as I, I was doing juvenile ministry, young kids told me one time, this is what we do in our family. I said, oh, my God, it's almost like a generational thing now. He inherited it way with thinking. It's We've just been brought out of that situation. I'll be able to break that. A yoke of that stronghold in men and women's life, allow them to live uh, successful, being free on the inside. You know that's more than just a, t- a, a topic, man. That's a lifestyle. Being free on the inside, Mike. That freedom allows you to go. I that- can't even vote, but yet you got the freedom to stand up and say, vote, vote, vote. And then even yes. like he was just saying, vote, but who to vote for, and how to go about selecting the right candidate, man. It takes freedom to do that. Now, sometimes people will tell you, you need to sit down somewhere, brother. Shut down. But yet you got that freedom. I love that. I love this program. I love the title. It gives us that freedom to get up and talk about things that people whisper in the dark and in corners it and, and don't want to talk about, you know, voting rights, you know. You do have a right to vote and your vote do count. Don't let nobody you if your vote doesn't count.
2: That's right. It it, it, it does, and it, a lot of people think that it doesn't. I guess that's that's another big word in the African American is That hey, why do I need to vote? It don't count no way. It don't make no difference who who I vote for. They already picked out who's gonna win. How can they have already picked out who's gonna win? I don't need to vote. If they picked out who's gonna win already. You know? Yeah, so I'm not. I mean, I ain't no need me taking off. I ain't no need me going by there. I got to go by the beauty shop. though. they already got who they want.
1: You see what what I'm saying?
2: saying oh, as long Man, as you keep that kind of you, you keep getting what you're getting. You know, that breaks my heart.
1: And, you know, this thing that's going on up in the Capitol where they talk about investigating, uh, you know, the riot and the protests that happened on June 6th. And, you know, Mike, we investigate fires. We investigate car wrecks. We investigate everything. Why in the world we can't investigate the riot that we on in Washington, D.C.? You know what? I'm just thinking, if I had a car wreck, if you had a car wreck, guess what? They're going to do an investigation. But like the car manufacturer, they're going to ask people what did they see. They're do an investigation. If your house caught fire, that's i they, they, say, yes, they, 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 they the fire. They're well, you know, you started in the bedroom, started in the kitchen. Uh, you know, they they investigate to the point that they knew exactly how that fire started. So why in the world can't <laughs> elected officials? If nobody's above the law, brother. If nobody mm-hmm. above the law mm-hmm. and that's why we could vote and our vote will make a difference, man. If we can't do this here, mm-hmm. nothing else is gonna ever work out for us. If people can actually do yeah. wrong with no investigation, man, it, this
2: is gonna be a terrible society we live in. It's gotta be terrible when you got to vote for investigations. Why do yeah. you need to vote that? Investigation shouldn't have to be voted for. If someone killed my son, well, we have to vote on the street to see if it's an investigation or not. That ain't the yeah. way it's supposed to go. You know, investigation is supposed to be automatic. If something happened that shouldn't have happened, it need to be investigated. It shouldn't Imagine. need to be no vote. It shouldn't need to be no vote whatsoever. Republicans, Democrats, nothing. It's got to be an investigation. And because you, you got money and clout do not mean that you're immune for being
1: investigated. Oh, we got some money, we got some fresh fees, so we don't need to be able to, no, 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 it don't work that way. And I can't wrap my mind around one particular party saying, to get that this thing didn't really happen. Man, everybody's seen what happened, and it's suddenly to happen again. And, 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 you know, I just think so much of, of just our own, uh, you know, any that we have, they're going to investigate it. If a light isn't working, a south side isn't working, the guy's going to come out and fix it, they want to know, why come that light not working? What's going on? just quit working. Simple things like that. Man, but you know, like you know, I like said, but that's something that affects the whole nation. And you said, no? Man, it, and that's the voting. Let's go back to our voting. Our vote do matter. And we need to have the uh, right people in place. You know, hey, this mm-hmm. is what's happen. what we need to do about it.
2: Well, you know, when nine eleven 11 happened, they didn't say they had to vote to see who's going back. They automatically declined an investigation. Yes, they do. Automatically, they didn't say, "Well, let's vote. See if we need to investigate." They investigated. They automatically did an investigation to find out if it was terrorists or what. So you know, so I don't understand why we need to vote for this unless somebody's trying to cover up and hide something. And, and now they're coming up with a, 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 a investigator. And I don't see why yeah. the governor, I don't see why the president, I don't see why anybody would not want to investigate when somebody came in threatening Congress and threatening the democracy, tore, up the,
1: tore up the it's, White it's, House,
2: tore up the White House, investigate.
1: You know, Mike, if people don't realize it, they fail to realize it, it was one party this time and they next time might be another party.
0: You know what I'm saying? Just, oh, they just
1: live. Now it could be you.
2: Well, anything in it is, side is, side is, side is, side is side. And, and so I mean I, I just don't understand it. And when they say hang the vice president, he's a Republican. They say hang him. Yeah. You That's
0: know the You know little, and if, you, little, if, you just,
2: if you just think about that whole picture, just look really deep and think about it. Hang my pants, you know. You know he's a nigga too. Hang Mike Pants. He's a nigga too.
0: <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. If you really look deep, you get what I'm saying. If
2: you really look deep, hang Mike Pants, He's a nigga too because he's going along with what the Republicans said. So that's what they're saying.
0: Hang Mike yeah.
2: Pence. You know, yeah. in their mind, he's a nigga too. You know, he's not yep. on our side because he's going against us. When he wasn't going against them, he was going with the law. I know, man, you know, so that's
1: how it's important for us to vote. And, Mike, I'm so glad that we got together on this show. This is a, a hot topic, and it's a very current topic. It's something that we all can relate to. Are you able to live now. I'm talking about people that as a whole because someone voted. The kind of job that you have today, someone voted for that right. So the kind of education that you have or you want to uh, uh, attempt to have, it's because somebody voted. It makes a difference. Voting makes a difference in every aspect, even the food that we eat. People have to have the right officials in, there, the right government, the right structure, so we can get good, healthy food. Why? Because we voted for someone to put people in charge over the FDA, you know, and and, uh, and Health and Human Services. And all those
0: things, our voting
1: do count. Our votes do count in every aspect of life. And it's guess what? And we involved, whether we like it or not. So your vote do count. And, Mike, I want to thank you for what you have been doing and what you are doing right now and how you are shaking up our consciousness to let us know, hey, it do make a difference. We are limited in some things. Of we are. I'm just saying, not your because of uh, uh, the thing that you could do because you're not in the public arena. You're limited, but you're doing the best you can. And you're not alone. There's other people there. And yet your voice added to a uh, millions and millions of other voices, it makes a difference. Maybe they can hear us. It start out as a, as a whisper.
2: I just want to say before you close it, uh, uh, everybody get I out and vote. Everybody ask somebody to vote and uh, uh, get involved with your church as your minister to uh, kind of decide on which candidate is good for, you, for your community or for your country or for your state and to deal more with uh uh educating the people on voting and helping the people get to the polls. Uh push that in on your minister that he will help get people to the polls, and that'll make a difference, you know, so that's that's what I wanna say. And,
1: and, and you said a great thing though, Mike. We get ready to get on out of here, brother, but you
2: got uh, the
1: uh, you got the last few words apart where and, Mike, I want to, again, thank you for coming, uh, for giving your time out this morning. I love these morning programs. I'm an early morning person, and I I perceive that you are, too, because you came with a lot of energy, a lot of knowledge, and, you know, and a lot of, uh, uh, let me say, passion. You had a lot of passion this morning to encourage us to get on out and make a difference. So, when we see someone out there, be a part of what they're doing. I love that, man, because... I could, I would never be who I am today without someone intervening in my life, help change the life, of what someone did for me, and did the scripture says so plainly that when you are strengthened, you are strengthening your brother. I'm out of jail now, so I'm gonna my brother that's about to get out of jail. I was homeless, but now I have a home. I'm gonna strengthen my brother and sister that's looking for a home. I didn't have an education, but now I do. I'm gonna so it works all the way around, brother. We're not in this alone. So thank you for strengthening me. And in turn, we pray someone is strengthening you in the endeavors that you're doing.
2: Thank you very much.
1: All right. We're going to depart right here. God bless you. Enjoy the balance of your day. We had a great interview here with Michael Sleed here, uh, just telling us about how good God has been. And talking to us about voting, compelling
2: us to get out
1: and vote. Uh, as always, this show is a uh, uh Podcast. We have an archive. You can go back and listen to it at your convenience. We had a little audio problem. We pray that you are able to get the gist of our message this morning and that you too could be involved in in changing the life of a community, of a state, of a country. How you too can make a difference. That your vote do count. That you do count. And we're getting ready to get on out of here. So enjoy the balance of your day. And we want to thank God for this opportunity here. Amen. God we don't take this here by uh uh by uh, uh listen, we don't take this chance uh just out of being aware that God is always in charge. And our show said being free on the inside, and the freedom or have for you to have the freedom to live an abundant life. Have the freedom to go out and tell a dying world about a christ they they live and tell them about voting and tell them about human rights, tell them about a uh, reentry program. You have that freedom. Take advantage of it because God did it. God did it. God did it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the balance of your day. And we're on next week
0: at the same
1: time, 8 o'clock to 9, with another dynamic story, uh, show. Uh, we too want to reach the community. Amen. So enjoy your day. We'll talk to you later. Amen. Amen.
0: That was great. That was great.